0: Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Today I'm welcoming back Vicky Jakes, friend of the podcast, Do More Than Therapy expert speaker, and all-round website legend, to talk about something I know often gets us stuck. So you will have heard me in previous podcast episodes talking about the importance of getting people's email addresses. When you're building an online audience for a book, an online course, or any other passive income stream, those email addresses could not be more important. And I know that you are all capable of creating a great, valuable freebie for people that they will want to download. But how do you actually get them to download it? Vicky's going to share with us today the secrets of landing pages that make people want to download your freebie. So for those who haven't heard our last podcast Vicky, can you just say a little bit about who you are and how you help? Hi Rosie, thanks for having me
1: back and hi everyone listening. Um, yep. So I'm Vicky Jakes, I'm a website optimization consultant which basically is a fancy pants way of saying that I I can help you look at your website and make it convert better, sell more stuff or get more leads, essentially. And I do that through a combination of um, my 20-plus years' experience building, designing websites and working in the digital marketing industry um, for massive clients as well. I've worked with like big pharma, finance, and for the past three years, I've been working on my own, working with small businesses. Um, and uh, I think my background in sales a long, long time ago, plus fused with my nerd instinct has sort of led me to be in this really quite um, unique position where I I can objectively look at a website and understand how you can sell more from it. And quite often that's to do with looking at the layout, the design, the wording... Um, or, or the functionality essentially and um, I, I work with my clients to review their own landing pages their websites and, and kind of figure out how to convince their users their ideal customers to click to do the things that they're meant to do so this episode is right up my strata it really <laughs> is like I'm really excited to be able to talk about this with you today.
0: Well, I know it's right up your street. So if people want examples of Vicky's work, then you can look at the Psychology Business School sales page or the Do More <laughs> Therapy membership sales page, because um, Vicky worked with me on those pages and she's responsible for the awesome layout um, and how beautiful they look, but also how well optimized they are. So do check those out if you want to see an example of what Vicky does, because she's brilliant. <laughs> but Thanks. I think we need to start with the terminology that we're using here. So first of all, what is a landing page and how is it different from the other pages on our website? Yeah, great question. And I tell you what, I think
1: this is the, my most asked question that I get actually. Um, people say what's the difference between a website and a landing page and the the landing the landing page um, explanation is all in the name right essentially Um, traditionally we would create one page websites which is what a landing page is to send users to in the in the middle of a campaign right so the, the term got coined around the time that google adwords um, sort of first came out, you know, in the sort of early 2000s. And you needed a page to send users to, to land on, if you like, from the ad that they were clicking on. and um, Because it came very apparent, right, that if you sent users to a website and gave them all this choice, they wouldn't do the thing that you hoped they would do. But you were paying money to send them there. So if you can send a user specifically to one page that's designed to convert either you buy something on that page or you hand your email over on that page or you book a call on that page that's the sort of three key types of conversion you'll often see then there's less likelihood of that user disappearing and getting distracted by shiny things on the website a website in comparison is a a collection of pages right and If you are a business, you need to have a website, right? There's just no um, negotiation on that because Google, when it's crawling your website, likes to see a collection of pages. It can make sense of all of the individual pages, right? A landing page quite often is temporary, right? We're not always running offers. We're not always building our lists. We're not always selling things at the end of ads. You know, quite often we're running campaigns and campaigns usually have like a short shelf life. Um, and so um, they can be temporary and be switched on and off. And quite often you can have a landing page as part of your own website, which is, I think, where the confusion comes in. Um, but perhaps it's not linked to from like the menu on your site or something like that. So just to summarize really quickly, just make it really clear. A landing page is a single page website that's designed to send users to to, to take action right and a website is a collection of pages um, that's meant to sell your business in general like a give a good overview of what you offer
0: okay that makes lots of sense so one thing I wanted to pick up on there is you mentioned campaigns um and I think that for, for the kind of businesses that we run we won't be used to necessarily thinking about that but I think it's a really helpful way of thinking sometimes so my understanding is that a campaign is when you're putting a lot of energy and resource into promoting one particular thing, one offer. Um, and and usually we might use that term for an offer that's only going to be time limited. So it might be that you're opening the doors to an online course that you've created. So you're going to put loads of energy into promoting that online course for a couple of weeks. And then you're going to close those doors again. So you might not need to be kind of sending people to that page after that. Is that what you're meaning by campaign?
1: Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, campaigns are associated with ad spend, right? Because we're not, you know, if you think about any of the big brands that you follow, right, Um, then, you know, Coca-Cola wasn't always running the Diet Coke ads. You know, they had to bring them down, try something else, try a new campaign. So campaigns do have like a, um, a kind of a time limit to them generally um that said though that said landing pages don't always have to be associated with campaigns right but the the purpose the key purpose of a landing page is to focus a user to taking one action Mm -hmm. um and it needs to sit away from your website and it it needs to have you generating traffic to that landing page that's different to the traffic that you drive to your website so you, you kind of need to think about
0: them separately Okay, that's really helpful. Okay, so now we know what we're talking about. What is the first thing that we need to consider when we're creating a landing page for one of our freebies? So, thinking about the sort of freebies that psychologists and therapists might create, then it, it might be something like a, a, a guide to helping your child deal with a distressing emotion, or it, it's usually a guide or a how to of some sort that we've created.
1: Yeah, I mean that's pretty common for um, freebie landing pages. Have you sign up for a, an email series, some type of downloadable, a video, a webinar, a challenge even, or something like that? And um, but th- there's three key ingredients that you need to have on the first part of the page when a user first lands um, to communicate to them. It could be your ideal customer, right? So we refer to them as as thus moving forward so um you want to be able to impress to your ideal customer as quickly as possible what you offer because they're in judgy mode we we judge things really quickly and actually we assess pages that we land on in less than 50 milliseconds in less than 50 milliseconds so even before you've blinked your eye you thought i'm going to stay on here Right. So you need to in order to help translate what you offer much quicker than the the kind of front breaking process is you need to have um, a a kind of uh, a key headline. That talks about who you help and how you help and uh, an image eye-catching image that can translate really quickly what it is you offer and then you need to have a call to action button there's no negotiation on that you can't have a call to action bit of text you can't have a call to action image it needs to be a button because uh, we're in 2021 We have been trained as internet users like little monkeys at typewriters. We cannot deviate from it. We need to see buttons when (laughs) we land on websites. Don't try to be a trailblazer here. Do the thing that's going to convert. And that's how we convert. And the headline quite often should talk about the the problem that you solve and how you help him one and that is tricky and tough right um and the example that always springs to mind for me um is the the pinterest landing page and um, you can find it by going to about.pinterest.com um, and their headline is when it comes to a great idea you know it when you see it right which is great right and um they're talking about we offer great ideas and you'll know it when you'll see it. So they're kind of explaining that we we kind of help with creative ideas, we help with inspiration um but (laughs) um it's in the button underneath where it says join pinterest that the dots start to match and you can see that this is something to join and then when you move your eye you track your eye over to the right hand side of the screen there is a screen with the pinterest app within it so those three things all kind of connect and tell you what is on offer that this is something to join it's an app and it will help you on block um, your, your kind of, um, cre- uh, unblock your kind of creativity blocks, if you like to kind of get on with what you're doing in your business or whatever. Um, when it comes to freebies though, you really need to be very, very specific, right. And say free guides that will help you understand your child in five steps, right. Like in, and I'm just sort of, you know, riffing off the top of my head about that, but what that says is it's a free guide. So you need help this is why you're here because you perhaps responded to a post or an ad about this. So here's a guide and you can absorb that information in the guide in five steps. Right. So that that's essentially like uh, what you offer and how you help encapsulated in that title. That's all you need. That is genuinely all you need. If you need to, you put a little bit of subtext underneath to maybe anchor that. But as the eye tracks down, you should see a button that says download guide or um, sign up here something that has action words within it Um, you can't just say learn more you can't be passive remember we're trying to impress people in less than 50 milliseconds here and then you need to have an image of the guide and I think the Pinterest example is great because you can see the app within an actual phone uh, screenshot and someone's holding that phone now if your guide is downloadable I want to see it on a on a phone screenshot or a tablet or you know as a document printed out laid out on the table um I want you to communicate to me quickly that this is something to look at and conversely if you've got a video guide I want to see a screenshot of you in the video just like on um your page actually <laughs> Rosie <laughs> where we've got like you doing one of your classes actually like encapsulated in um like a laptop screenshot and um, all of these things are meant to just save time right they're lean they're lean devices that we're using to communicate effectively and quickly what it is you want to offer. I think we hold back as business owners from selling ourselves on our websites because we don't want to be seen as pushy, right? Slimy Simon is what I call him, the sales guy (laughs) that we've got in our head, right? And we don't want to be seen as like, um, we don't want to be seen as pushy. That's awful. We don't want to be seen as selling ourselves. But on a landing page, you've got to put that, you've got to check that at the door, right? And put those fears um, to rest because, You've only got one shot on your landing page to convert your user. And if you can't communicate quickly, you're going to lose the opportunity that you spent you spent so long <laughs> driving that person to the page. Why not convert them? You know, so it, it, if you're going to fall at the final hurdle, which is a landing page after spending money on ads, you really need to think about your positioning and your messaging for sure. So those three things definitely should be in conjunction with each other. And you, you can't you can't just drop one and have another like you need the text for people to read um, so they can read it in their head. You need the image to anchor things. And obviously a picture tells a thousand words. And then you need that call to action button.
0: Okay, so those sound like the core things that we need to make sure that we have on a landing page. I often, when I'm sort of surfing around, downloading multiple freebies, as I do, um, I often notice that people have a little kind of about the author section and things like that. Would you recommend anything additional like that? Well, here's the thing, right, is um, if you can
1: impress on your user enough with those three key ingredients I said before – Um, Especially, by the way, on mobile view, because we're most likely looking at sites on mobile now, then they might start scrolling. Right. And then that's when you can put um, in the following order. That's what I recommend is a section that outlines who this page is for right it might be tempting to just go straight into about me but no one cares about you at the moment they want to see if you can solve their problem so i'd love underneath you know that first initial banner with your amazing picture cta and header is to say um are you in this position right now and you can outline the problem that your ideal customer has and then in the panel below you can talk about in a bit more depth how your freebie helps that you, you know you couldn't have put up at the top of the page so perhaps like there's some bullet points what's in the five like I gave that example of you know communicate with your child in five steps Well, tell me like what's a quick summary of what's in the five steps right and if it's a very very uh light lead magnet you know perhaps you're giving them a checklist maybe explain what's going to happen once they um, use your checklist or what's gonna happen once they read your ebook or watch the video, right? So we wanna see like you identifying the problem that your ideal customer has and then showing them what's gonna happen once they consume the document. Then you can go into social proof, right? And go into, you know, authority building. So we want to see some testimonials of people who've already consumed the product. And we want to see and about you, right? So who are you? Why are you telling me this? What makes you an expert in putting this together? Um, and then repeat the call to action to download the document at the bottom of the page. Because if a user scrolled all the way down, they'll want to see that again. And um, so if you collect lead um uh if you collect signing up to funnels rosie right you might be used to seeing i we i think it's an unfair thing to say but it's often an americanized view of landing pages where they're insanely long like you keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling
0: yeah for like a one page (laughs) download sometimes you know i don't understand (laughs) yeah yeah like especially like for the big sort of
1: famous coachy types you know they have like these amazing landing pages all they're doing is going through the sales process, right? Um, They're identifying the problem, they're talking about the what if we solved your problem? Oh, but hey, we've got this solution that's going to help you with your problem. And then here's what's in the solution. And then we detail everything that you're going to get and what the price is and things like that. But with freebies, you, you don't need to you don't need to do that I just want to see the problem that you've identified for me and show me that what's going to happen once I've consumed the document so if I have been umming and ahhing and your ad copy or your social post copy or your email copy that's driven me to this landing page hasn't already worked and piqued my interest then you know you can do a bit more convincing but most of the time right there's the decision the decision's already been made by the time someone's clicked on your ad or your post and come to your landing page and if you've got those three um ingredients correct that they're, they're probably going to click on that button at the top and go for it if they do scroll down brilliant but don't 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 make them work really hard for getting a, an email lead magnet at
0: all okay so it sounds like that top section where you're outlining what your freebie is who it's for it's key it's where the magic happens that's the most important bit because most people will make the decision that quickly yep And then what you've got underneath that is stuff to help the people who are maybe feeling a bit more discerning that day.
1: Because I do have
0: days where I'm like, I'm not giving my email address to anyone. And then I'll get hooked in and I'll be like, oh, maybe I will, maybe I will just have this other freebie. Um, But they've really, they have got to work for me at that point. So that's when (coughs) I might want more of the stuff about, like, who is this perfect for? How's it going to solve the problem? those social proof testimonials, Um, And a bit about the authority of the author. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's it's so funny you should say that because we are very, very, very precious about our emails. We treat them like a part of our, you know, our extended self, if you like. And so we we do a lot of um, risk analysis when we hand our emails over. Can I unsubscribe from this easily? Could I just grab the guide and go? Do they look trustworthy? You know, all of those things come into play. The savvier of the consumer, you know, is really good at subscribing and unsubscribing. They might even have like me, and I'm, I'm assuming you, like a dedicated email for this type of thing as well, right? Um, and, you know, some some people might, might not. And that's the people that you
0: hope will sign up and just kind of stay in your world. So one thing I wanted to ask about, Vicky, because you know that this is not my strong suit by a long way, is about stuff like colour and the design of your page. How important is that? well really
1: important more important than you think but it doesn't have to be something that blocks you from like continuing to do the work or thinking that you need to spend lots of money to get a designer you just need to have um a bit of consistency with the layout that's on your page james webmore um suggests doing the squint test basically where you look at your page and you kind of squint and you think does this look right because as I was sort of saying before, we've kind of got this um inherent inbuilt way that we assay- like assess websites and news websites that is just collectively built up over the past 20, 30 years. So when um when you're looking at a website, if you think it doesn't look quite right, it probably isn't. And that's because of a couple of reasons, right? Either your fonts don't match, mm. your colours don't match. Or things don't line up, like they're not parallel or they've got even spacing between them. So if you can make life simple for yourself and pick one font, right? Don't go and do millions of font uh, kind of font selections and, you know, have a font for the button, a different one for the headline. Just pick one font right? and then just make the headlines one size and your body copy another size and keep it that simple. Just like you would in a Word document right and use that same font for your buttons right Um, and then make sure that your button color contrasts with the background right it can be very tempting to do a very fancy design what's called ghost buttons where they're just lines outside the text uh, without a kind of like a full background color of the button but actually having um, the, the con- button contrast against the background is really important because it catches the user's eye and draws them to want to click on it some people say you have to have green for buttons that's just absolute cods wallet there's, there's no truth to that at all there's no green for go here you just need to have something that contrasts right so if your branding is gray um dark blue right go and pick a red button go and pick an orange button basically or a bright green button something that will that will kind of complement but stand out from from the background essentially and um, and as as always with images that you have on your site make sure that they're high quality that they look good they're not pixelated right spend some time finding the right image it, as we were sort of saying before, like that top image uh, um, on the landing page is going to do a lot of heavy lifting for you. So take time to find the, the image that will resonate with your ideal customer. And um, it might not come up first. It might be the last thing that you do, or you might just hit on it, but it, it needs to, it, it needs to be punchy. It needs to stand out, be memorable, um, and also communicate really quickly what, what you're offering on the page. Um, With the Pinterest example, they've got that phone screenshot that we talked about, but it's all overlaid on a very out-of-focus background of some unfired ceramic pots, which is just genius because what that extra image does is it communicates very subtly. This is aimed at, like, commercial creatives, right? And so what can you offer? Very subtly in the background. I've got a lead magnet for a WordPress guide, um, and the background image is just it's very subtle it's um il- like illustrations of little laptops like cartoon laptops that you wouldn't be able to see unless you actually looked at it but it kind of communicates a sense of fun a sense of texture as well um but that took me ages to find and it, it you know for anyone listening to this you you know take it's okay to take time finding the right image
0: that's really helpful because i think often I always, well, you know what I'm like. I always try and create my landing pages too quickly, and I'm always like looking for to reuse images that I've used before, or I, I don't. I just don't give them enough thought, to be honest. And I, actually, thinking about that, that this is a way that you can communicate again who this um, download is for. And, you know, who should be attracted to it. I think that's really helpful. And it's making me think by accident, actually, that the landing page that I created for some free training that we're running this summer um, has done much better than I expected it to do conversions wise, because I thought it was looking a bit boring. Um, But actually, when I'm thinking about it, it's probably the first time that I've had a background image that has actually said something. So I've got a background image, which is like psychology textbooks. Um, And I chose it because I thought, you know it looked okay with the aesthetic of the page, but I thought it might be a bit boring, but actually it communicates really strongly who this training is for, doesn't it? Um, So I'm wondering if that is part of the reason that it's been a, a higher conversing page than some of my previous ones. Very interesting.
1: Probably is the answer,
0: right? Is um,
1: your, your image um, doesn't have to be clever. It just needs to communicate what you're offering. Mm. Right. And again, I think it, it, in our quest to kind of not be salesy, we try and be subtle and gentle, but actually just showing the thing that you want to offer uh, or, or similar in, in your case is enough. And um, it does loads of work, behind the scenes subconsciously as users are assessing whether they're going to stay on that page and whether you can help them with the problem that they've got essentially
0: yeah so thinking if you're offering something like um I know a lot of people listening to this might be offering something like a webinar um, or some kind of free online workshop would you then go for the image of kind of your face teaching on a laptop that kind of a thing yeah yeah, I would. Like,
1: totally. Right. Um, you need an image of yourself presenting that webinar. And if you've not done it before, then an image of you looking friendly and approachable like a brand headshot or something like that, because if people sign up to a webinar, they're signing up to hear you speak for 20 minutes, half an hour, hour or whatever. So you need to look really friendly and approachable. If you don't have friendly and approachable images, just take take a selfie. Um, or something like that and you can use a canva frame to transport that image onto a phone or a laptop easily done and it's just like it's simple devices but it kind of communicates that you know you're really willing and open to chat with someone for the next hour because if they can't see that if they can't get that why would they sign up um so you, you, you need to like really think about the, the the kind of actual product the actual offering that you're putting across there with a pdf document you don't need to show yourself for sure but like i run a five-day challenge as my main lead magnet and i have me <laughs> like i show me because you're going to be hanging out with me um basically and um i, I look friendly i'm smiling <laughs> i'm not being moody and um, all of these things like really help that user make the decision whether they want to become your idle customer and sign up to the lead magnet
0: yeah, and it's so worth spending the time on that because, uh, you know, knowing knowing mental health professionals, and I, I think this is a mistake that I've made so many times, we'll put so much effort into creating a resource that is really, really valuable for people. You know, we'll make sure that it's the absolute best it can be. If we're putting on a webinar, we're going to have spent days making sure that webinar is high value and, and really, really going to make a transformation for somebody but then we I think we get a bit too passive about the marketing side of it and I mean maybe because we find it less interesting or because I don't know we don't understand that it how it's going to matter to people Um, but this is where I let myself down and it's where I imagine a lot of people listening to this might just not go that extra mile and go into Canva and put that image onto a phone or a computer screen. And it's like just taking that last little step can make all of your hard work pay off. So, yeah, really and like able to do that. And, like, is how, can you, how can you do it slightly
1: differently to, you know, the sort of the pedestrian ways that people are putting webinar pages together and, and, and commu- essentially communicate that? on your landing page like uh, you know asking people to come and watch you for an hour for free is a big ask it's a really big ask and anyone who signs up to your webinar like the, the royal you as it were should be you know um you should be grateful for every lead that you get those leads are quite expensive to acquire by ads as well you know because it's a big ask we can't just assume um, and you, you've got to put the features and benefits and outcomes of what someone's going to get from watching you for an hour. And, you know, God forbid, like if you're going to sell at the end of a webinar, that is totally fine. But put value across first, like God forbid you just go straight into the sale um, <laughs> because you, users are attuned to that and they are wary of it. This is why, you know, it's harder to get people on webinars than it used to be. You could be a bit more. You know, um, uh, uh, less obvious about you know the outcomes and things like that when it comes to a PDF lead magnet. I mean, the the the, the kind of risk reward factor is different there. You know, because I'm just getting a document, I can assess it. As Janet Murray says, if you can read a lead magnet in less than five minutes on the loo, it's a great lead magnet, right? But a, a webinar is definitely a different kettle of fish.
0: Yeah absolutely and I think we could do a whole separate podcast episode on what makes a good webinar because I have sat on some. I've watched where, enough. <laughs> oh you just get no value whatsoever other than the sales pitch and there yeah. is nothing more irritating. I, I've, I was furious and this is when I was new to business and I didn't know that that was the done thing and we're generally we're communicating with people who will not be expecting that because we're not Most of us, anyway, most people listening to this podcast, we're not putting out B2B or business-to-business stuff. We're we're trying to help people who are struggling with their mental well-being or trying to enhance their mental well-being in some way. So they're not necessarily going to be expecting a sales pitch. And I think if you hit them with one straight away, it's going to be really jarring. It's not very values-congruent either. I think one of the reasons I love marketing is that actually – The 90% of people that come into contact with my marketing and don't buy anything from me, I hope I still give them some value of some sort. Um, I think that I do. I think that's the way that my marketing works, what I love about content marketing. And then I know I can go the extra mile for that 10% who do decide to engage with my service or my product. Um, And I think that's very much how I'd approach any kind of freebie I was offering, whether it's a downloadable, whether it's a webinar, it's got to help the 90%. And then help the ten percent to make the decision that they actually do want to work with me. <laughs> um, yeah, totally, so we've gone on yeah. a bit of a tangent there, but
1: no, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it yeah. <laughs> Well you know like it's, it's a it's a topic that I've talked about in my own world in you know, in my own content is the bro marketing techniques really um and you know long landing pages that hook you in and then finally get you at the bottom you know because you spent enough time scrolling you know uh, long webinars that like hit you with like a really long sales process when you're not expecting it like that they all they're all devices and they work they work but I think you know, f- we're talking about freebies like lead magnets here you know you, you don't have to you, you can be ethical um and uh, uh creating new utilized devices that you know are, are just all about providing value for sure
0: so what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making on their landing pages because i bet you see a yeah. lot of them <laughs> yeah, i'm loving this
1: okay <clears throat> roll my sleeves up ready um <laughs> the biggest mistake I see is people putting a landing page on their website and calling it a landing page so um uh, they're like yeah great I've got a landing page and they think just by not putting it in their menu means it's a landing page right and you just give people the individual URL so I go to those landing pages and hey guess what the same menu is at the top And I have to scroll quite a long way down the page before I see the call to action button. And because of the way your site's been built or your layout or whatever, you can't have a big banner image at the top with a call to action. Or you can't have, you know, any of the devices that we've talked about during um, this chat so far. Um, But you're doing it because it's convenient for you as a business owner to have a landing page on your website. If you can invest in like either landing page software or creating a device on your website that will remove the menu at the top, that's going to be the best thing that you, you can do for those type of landing pages. And then they become proper landing pages. A great landing page has one call to action on it, and that is it. You can repeat that call to action as many times as you want as our long American friend pages have, have sort of dem- demonstrated. Right. Um, but don't give people an excuse to to click off and go and have a look around your site. I'm in Google analytics a lot for plenty of clients for all of my own membership. Right. The thing that I have seen proven again and again is when you have a menu at the top of a landing page, you create a leaky bucket and users once they land on that landing page will click and go elsewhere. Right. Whether you think surely they'll stay and do the thing. They don't. They they kind of they get disinterested really quickly and think, oh, I might go and just check out another page on this site. So that's like the first the first biggie. The second thing I see again and again is people having that call to action button way too far down the page um so imagine this right you've just seen an amazing lead magnet on facebook someone's posted a post or you've seen an ad on instagram or pinterest or linkedin you've clicked on the link and you've gone to the landing page and the first thing you see is a block of like written text Well, oh, you think Maybe the site's broken. Okay, I'm going to click X and go back to the ad and try it again. Like that is a common user experience, right, when they see that. Instead, what you want for them to see as soon as they land is that headline, the background image that we spoke about before, and the call to action button. If you make them scroll, you're asking them to do extra work. And if you're asking a user to work hard for something that's already very hard to convert, you're going to see low conversion rates conversion rates generally for landing pages tend to be around one to three percent that is the sort of common norm so for every 100 people you send to your landing page only let's say that let's say it's a good day three people are going to convert
0: right ouch that is so painful when you think uh, i mean a lot of people listen to this might be thinking about investing in facebook ads or something for the first time yeah you are paying like a quid to get somebody to a landing page. <laughs> I mean, it can be less, but uh, you know, I've paid more as well. Yeah. Um, so the idea of oh, three percent—that would be heartbreaking. I mean, that that's you really can good, better, can't you go?
1: I mean, you know, like my my landing pages convert at like twenty percent, right? But that's because you know they're really short. You don't have to scroll to see anything i have a timer that judges people along and encourages them to sign up um and it's really clear what's in the lead magnet and what you're going to get you know yes
0: and don't do yourself down as well because what i know about your marketing is that nobody is going to click on your um post that takes them to the landing page by accident sure because you've already given them quite a lot of your messaging that lets them know this is for me before they get there. And I think that's also the secret to good conversion. Totally, kind of yeah. Like people there in the first place.
1: Like being hyper aware of where your landing page sits in your, your funnel, which is the sales process, right? So if you can bring in good quality leads at the beginning, your landing page is just, you know, mopping up the loose ends, as it were. Um, and I think, in you know, the world of your audience you know it's it's either going to be really broad like you're offering your services to everybody right and seeing who because you know mental health issues can affect anyone right or you have got a specialism and you might be able to, like, laser focus in on you know a kind of a like a particular group or a particular condition or whatever. Um, so you know, it can vary. So likewise, the conversion rates are going to vary there as well. I mean, generally, I'm finding at the moment I'm paying around as high as five quid, as low as two quid per lead, per email sign up lead at the moment. Is you know prices have really gone up in 2021 for a whole bunch of reasons. In the ad world, like Facebook have had to comply with new Apple iOS 14 update um, uh, kind of conditions in order to ensure privacy. Um, us advertisers aren't quite sure, you know, what to, what to do next. I mean, it's a tough world out there, right? Mm. You know, in organic marketing where you don't have to pay is, you know, it's still like really useful because of that. But if you want to start growing your audience, you've got to think about ads. And if you are thinking about ads and you are willing to pay that money, then you need to make sure that there are no barriers to your user clicking on that button when they land on the page. And so if you're making them scroll or do any extra hard work, Or even any extra easy work. Because remember, internet users, we are lazy, we are petulant, (laughs) get stroppy about anything. How dare you show that thing to me? I can't believe I'm on the wrong page. We do things called in the in the industry, we call it rage clicking. People do rage clicking. So What's rage clicking <laughs> so i so i have software um uh, called crazy like there's lots out there like hot jar and crazy egg i use crazy egg um to monitor how people click around my landing pages so i can see if they're going to click on something they think is a button or not or if they go to scroll and they miss my button it's a way of actually visually seeing where their mouse moves around the page and it creates a heat map on the on the page and you're able to see if anyone does like rage clicking where their mouse just clicks you know multiple times in the same location and we rage click as internet users when we get really peeved off with something not working we've all done it just close you know a pop-up closing or something like that yes (laughs) so um you know it's, it's again it's like another device I utilize with my clients to kind of see you know how best to position the elements on the page and with conversion rates, if you are able to track it, and a great way to track it is by looking at the total views of your page, which you can just track in Google Analytics, right? Um, versus the, the amount of signups, so you can just go and look at your email marketing tool and see, and make sure the same time frame is applied to both of those. Um, you can work out the conversion rate, right? One divided by the other times hundred. Um, then you can work on small small tiny incremental changes to see if you can improve the conversion rate and with with my challenge landing page it's like a five-day challenge right Um, and originally I had like this really long statement saying you know a five-day challenge can help busy business owners I mean it went on and on and on right with how to, you know, optimize their websites, it was like, way too much technical language in there. And I, you know, I, I kind of um, squished it down and made it lighter. And I improved the conversion rate by like 5%. You know, it's insane. Like, so, but I just did that first and tested it again. You know, and then I was able to go, right, well, I'm going to try a new image now and see if like the, the the kind of image would improve the conversion rate. And it did ever so slightly. And then I updated the button once and it made everything worse. So I went back to the old button, basically. So um, but you, if you do lots of changes, you won't be able to see what has worked and what hasn't. So you just need to like pick one thing at a time.
0: And then it, it sort of becomes fun. It's a bit like a yeah, game.
1: Yeah, totally. To see what you this is to why do. I do what I do 100%. <laughs> I love it. Like I love looking in the data and looking for stories and comparing figures and think hmm, maybe that might have had an effect. And then you're not just looking at the data and living in spreadsheets. You're thinking about the psychology behind it as well, which I'm sure your audience will totally dial into and user behavior and also looking, you know, you, you zoom out 20,000 foot and look at well, what's going on in the world right now as well. And you can hazard a guess as to why people might be doing what they're doing. Like, for example, conversions are down across the board because traffic figures worldwide are down because we're all going outside again. Right. We're not locked up. Um, and um that's just what's happening right now as we start to in the, the kind of northern hemisphere go back into you know colder weathers we might see traffic figures go up again things change around christmas things change around seasonal times you know so like being aware of the sort of cultural societal worldwide global views of, of what's going on in the world being aware of you know user behavior and really understanding your ideal customer in depth and then you know making those changes can all help you kind of like play that game And it is fun, 100%. I love it.
0: So the last thing that I wanted to ask you about today is the practicality side of it. So how would you recommend somebody go about building their landing page? Because you mentioned that the software that you can use that makes it easier to to make it a single call to action page. Um, I didn't realize, actually, that if you just put it as a normal page on your website, of course, the menu and stuff will be there distracting people. Um, so, what what are the tools that you would recommend people use? So, I I use a dedicated landing
1: page software tool called Lead Pages. Um, I've been using it for about two years now, and I'm I'm going to be using it forever. I've tried them all. I love it. Um, it, it costs money though, but um, the reason why I use Lead Pages is because I have several different offers for different things in my business that don't necessarily relate to my core website. My right. My core website is a brand website for me, right? So it's my consultancy stuff, but I run a membership, um, but I want to test a different lead magnet. That's not quite part of my membership. Um, I do marketing and Facebook ads for clients as well. I do SEO audits, right? So I've got lots of different facets in my business that perhaps won't quite sit under my main domain. Um, and so having a landing page, tool away from that means i can just test lots of things and try different things and the url doesn't matter then essentially and and the builder within it is designed specifically to help convert people on a landing page right so all the templates that you can load in tools like lead pages and there's others um, as well like instapage and unbounce they have been tested within an end of their life right they so many people have used those the designers that put those templates into the platforms know they convert right so you can load in a layout that is probably going to convert and all you have to do as a business owner is change the text the image the call to action and then like load in any kind of extra sections um but again it costs money and there's an investment there. you can pay monthly right so again if you want to just focus on a campaign try it and then you know it's not for you or whatever you can stop if you've got an existing website though um like Squarespace, I mean, that's an amazing, like you could build landing pages in Squarespace with no issue. But again, you've got the the kind of the, the menu issue at the top and it's the same with Wix as well. You can't get around that. WordPress is a little easier. There's, you can either kind of put CSS code into your site that will hide the menu or have a plugin that will hide the menu. And there's loads of list building plugins like, um, like Thrive Suite um that you can add and um, that will allow you to create landing pages within your own website and remove the menu at the top and things like that as well i even i think lead pages also you can connect with a plugin as well um so it depends it depends where you're at if budget really is an issue and you're like I, I don't want to invest in a third party tool like this um just look at the email marketing tool that you're already using right so MailChimp. ConvertKit, MailerLite these seem to be like the top three I'm always talking about at the moment, ActiveCampaign is another one they all have inbuilt landing page software tools and I'd say in fact, it's the best one. MailChimp is okay. MailerLite has nicer templates, but they've all got these pre-built layouts that you can just literally drag and drop and ping in. And all you've got to do then is replace the image, the text, the call to action. And the forms that they have on these pages will load directly into your list, right? So when a user signs up, they go directly into your list. With all of the other tools that I've talked about, there is a bit of connection faffing
0: that you have to do. And it I can mean, go wrong. Um, always. Like yeah, always. It was, I'm so seeing it all the time. Because I, I use lead pages as well, and I really thoroughly recommend it. I love the analytics, actually. I know because because is so clever with Google Analytics – you, it's easier for you to get that stuff anyway but for me just having it on a dashboard where I'm like oh this is conversing at this percent brilliant um is just it's such a time saver for me and I'm all about saving time yeah. so I would not be without lead pages I love it um but the only time I have got frustrated and tried to chuck my computer out of the window because of it <laughs> was that initial trying to get it to integrate with I think it was back when I was using MailChimp it's been okay since I've been on ConvertKit Kit. Um, but occasionally that used to go wrong and you'd be like, ah, but actually you can always retrieve um, people's email addresses that you've collected via those platforms, even if they haven't shown up for whatever reason in your software, you can usually download a CSV file, which you can then upload. So it's never, it's never as bad as you think it is. Yeah, top, <laughs> um, top, top there tip. There is often a bit of tech kind of tweaking needed with those things.
1: Yeah, and mostly, like, you'll need to connect your email marketing tool with a third-party landing page tool using an API key, which can be found in the settings of most of those tools that that I sort of mentioned before, and then you just have to add your account name and the API key is like a sort of alphanumerical code. That is it. That is it. If in doubt, though, there's always tools like Zapier.com, which you literally open it up, And you say, I want to connect my MailChimp with my lead pages and it will do all of that for you. And all you need to do is log in and it it kind of does all of like the whiz bang wizardry stuff for you. But, you know, the the kind of initial option, uh, sorry, the latter option that I mentioned, which was just utilizing the landing pages within your email list. Granted, you're not going to get a fancy URL with those. Um, you, you know, especially the Mailchimp one is like horrible. It's like got loads of like letters and stuff in it, but it works, you know, and it it's a great way for you to test if it's gonna work because then you bootstrap, right? If it works really well, you get enough leads, you sell to those leads, you make money, you can invest in lead pages or instapage or unbounce or whatever. Or you could invest in a developer to help you hide your menu on your website and bring it all over to your website, right? But, you know, uh, when I, in my world, like, lots of people tell me, like, they give me the excuse that they can't start building their email list and, like, putting out lead magnets because their website's not finished. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 you can go and use a landing page in one of those tools um, and they're really easy to use like even the most technophobic people I know have been able to create
0: one I think that's really great advice to finish on actually just don't wait yeah (laughs) Um, because because really you need to be building your email list as as soon as you possibly can because it it takes time unless you've got a huge budget which probably none of us do then it takes time to get it off the ground um and to get that momentum that you need to start making sales from it so get started now and at least you can start testing so thank you so much vicky that's been so valuable and i'm hoping people are feeling really excited and energized to go and create their first landing pages um, I know that quite a lot of people who listened to our last podcast episode came over and um, worked with you. So where can people find you if they want to work with you? Sure. Well,
1: um, probably the easiest thing to do is come and join my next five day challenge um, and sign up to my own lead magnet. Um, you can find it at the superchargeyourwebsite.com forward slash five hyphen day challenge Um, and uh, it's a five-day challenge where you'll learn more about um, how to get your website seen by your ideal customer and it's the best way of coming to find out what I'm all about um and you can also just come and find me at heyvickyjakes.com as well I live there um uh helping out um all of my my clients people in my membership as well but yeah if you come and join the challenge it's the best way to come and find out more about what I do
0: and you can get some value as well fantastic and if you want to go deeper on this particular subject and you want to make sure that your freebie has the best chance of being downloaded by the people who need it, we've got an expert masterclass with Vicky waiting for you inside the Do Modern Therapy membership. So if growing an audience is on your business plan this year, the membership really is the place to be. So I hope I'll see some of you there too. Perfect. Thanks again, Rosie. You dream of creating an online course are you desperate to reach more people but skeptical that you can actually make it work the truth is a lot of online courses made by psychologists and therapists do fail But that isn't because the content is bad it's because the marketing strategy sucks and the truth is your marketing isn't a separate thing Talking to the community that you want to serve should be part of the development of the course. Getting to know them, giving them free resources and building relationships while you build your course in the background is the key to success that most psychologists and therapists miss. Well, not you, (laughs) because you can download my free course creation guide and get yourself on the right track to creating a course that people actually want and need. The guide talks you through the first essential steps that you must take when planning your course so you can avoid the expensive mistakes that I see so many well-intentioned people making. Get yours at psychologybusinessschool.com now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy.